Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Marriage podcast. If you don't know by now, it's your girl, Tova Jones, also known as the wife of the therapist. And it's your boy, Sam Jones, known as the husband of a serial eclectic entrepreneur. Better let him know. And together we are the Jones Unit. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Marriage Podcast. You guys, we are like winding up. This is, we're at the end of the season. Well, we're nearing the end of the season. So what, we have like one more? two episodes left. Oh, wow. Two episodes left, guys. (laughs) And that lets us know we do not know what we're talking about. We do. (laughs) And we do know what we're talking about. In fact, you know, the next couple episodes um, are going to be some bangers. Um, we, 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 we won't tell you what they are just in case we change course. I'm going to say don't, don't. Yeah, we could change course, right? That's what we may do. But I think we got some bangers uh, that you won't want to miss on the next two episodes. But this episode right here is going to be something that I think is hopefully beneficial for our married folk out there. Yeah. I think it's something that we've all, I think we've been touching on it throughout the whole season. Um, and I really feel that this is helpful. So what's funny, so Sam and I are marriage mentors at our church and, um, we had a little gathering and they were just talking about like different topics and this topic kind of stuck out to me. Um, and I was like, oh my God, Sam. We have to talk about this. Well, that's where you got this from. Yeah. Okay, I know that. And and so when it when when one of the facilitators said it, I was like, oh, this would be perfect because I feel like we need to know more about this. So we Uh won't keep you waiting. Today's episode is about how to argue well, guys. How to argue well. So a little quick fun fact about Sam and I. We have disagreements. I don't want to say often, but we disagree. You sure do. And we have moments of of contention and uh-huh. we have moments that we're not happy with, with each other. But in our eight years of marriage, our, what, 10 years of knowing each other, like, that. well, I'm like 10 years of knowing each other, like, um, romantically. Yes. We have never raised our voice at one another, like in a heated debate. I don't think I've ever heard your voice, right? I don't think I've ever heard you raise your voice. Hmm. And that's something. Yeah. I, and like for us to have confrontation where we're like yelling at each other. I don't think that oh, that's that, yeah, you're right. happening. Yeah. You always think I'm talking loud. So that's that. <laughs> Right. But for us to like just yell and holler at each other, I don't think we've done that. No, I think what we have done is we've shown more visibly how we are frustrated in our body language. Yeah, definitely body language. Our body language has always gives off on us. Definitely. Either um, I I don't want no parts of it and escape to my little place of happiness or, or you, which, you know, visibly you can tell. Yeah. And so today, guys, we're going to help 
each other out. We're going to help ourselves out about the art of arguing well. So I had to actually go and look up the word argue um, because I feel kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know if I like the word argue in this sense, but I'm going to roll with what the facilitator said. So the definition, there's two. Definition number one gives reasons or cites evidence in support of an idea, action, or theory, typically with the aim of persuading others to share one's view. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, that definition, I don't know. I feel like when people are in an argument, they don't really care if you see their view. They just trying to get their point across. Mm-hmm. But the second one, I think, is what we're going to go with. Exchange or express diverging or opposite views, typically in a heated or angry way. That's normally, you know, what arguing is. Now, nowhere in that definition did it say cuss, fuss, a holla. <laughs> but it did say in an angry way. Mm-hmm. So I did a little research because, you know, I'm not the clinician here. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam Jones is the, Sam MPA, LPC, LP, WSMG is, <laughs> is the clinician here. But I did do some research. Uh-huh. Um, it says that um, psychologist Deborah Grody says that married couples who don't have any conflict are often the ones who end in divorce. Relationships that can't be saved are relationships where the flame has completely gone out or it wasn't there in the first place. She says when one or both partners are indifferent toward their relationship, they don't even care enough to fight or Uh, argue, uh. according to Sister Deborah Grody, Uh clinician. What do you think about this? What do I think about this? Uh, <laughs> I go with the first thought. Married couples uh, who don't have any conflict are often the ones who end in divorce. It's hard to put generalizers on any comments um, about divorce because, you know, there are various books out there. Um, I can't think of the one off the top of my brain, but it talks about, you know, the the legacy of divorce. And it's a really good book. Um, you can look that up. But in that space... If you don't have any conflict, right, you think about a a, a sword, right, mm-hmm. um, you have to continually sharpen both edges, both sides of a sword mm-hmm. in order for it to be effective, yeah. right? And so in any conversation, in any relationship, if you're not continually sharpening yourselves, meaning that, you know, like how you said in our last episode, like you wanted to have a Ph.D., in me, right? Right. Well, in that, that also means that you want to know what makes me hurt, what makes me tick, mm-hmm. what makes me mad, what makes me sad. And in those spaces, that often cases is going to come through conflict. Yeah. And so it, it requires, every relationship requires that because you don't understand what a person's passion area or passionlessness is unless you get into that space sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I agree with her that it, 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 it takes conflict to navigate the nuances of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you, what you're saying is it's not healthy to always agree on everything. Well, no, that's not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. Okay. What are you saying? I, I think I, it, it is healthy to come into an agreement okay. on anything. Okay. <laughs> but what I will say, it's, it's not healthy 
to be in a space where you don't understand how to disagree well. Or you're, you don't feel comfortable enough to express your differences in fear of conflict. Exactly. Because some people just don't like conflict. They're like, I'll hold it in because my partner is going to blow up and I don't got time for this. Exactly. I'll just deal with it. Exactly. And you're saying that's not healthy. Exactly. Because that's like also another thing we talked about in another episode of uh, where a couple or a person in a relationship represses yeah. REP, represses what they are feeling, thinking, or imagining which causes often cases um, some level of unforgiveness and neglect in the realm of the relationship. And I would say resentment mm-hmm. because I feel like if I hold everything in, I feel like I can't be my authentic self. I can't share in fear that every time I talk, we're going to be arguing. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in luck. So today we're going to go through a couple of steps on ways to argue. Well, number one, listen carefully. Like, really listen to what your partner is saying and give them your full attention. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes when I am angry, I will give you the blank stare. I will look (laughs) past you like I'm looking at you, but I'm looking past you. It's called the death stare. (laughs) And that's, like, my way of ignoring you, I guess. Like, I'm listening, but I'm really not because I'm irritated. Mm -hmm. But that's not a good way to argue. It's, It's really saying, now, okay. Here's my disclaimer. Uh huh. And you said this when we were talking about this. So this is dealing with conflict. You said there's a difference between conflict and crisis, right? Uh huh. Where conflict is like it's manageable. Like we're angry, but we can have a decent conversation. Crisis is what? Well, yeah. So that's that's contextual. So okay, the difference between. You know, being where you're having a conversation and it's conflictual, right? You can have those and schedule those and calendar those and have, you know, opportunities where you have a conflictual conversation where there's a, you know, let's just say a decent level, moderate level mm-hmm. of of severity. But okay. crisis has to do with where there's a a, a you know, life changing severity level to the conversation that you're having with somebody. Where it's literally going to be this or that. Okay. It's very black and white. Mm-hmm. And the black and white is the difference between staying in a relationship or, you know, someone leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Crisis can be, you know, a situation where, you know, you feel like somebody is cheating and isn't, and isn't being truthful about it. Mm-hmm. Crisis can be a situation where, you know, a spouse has literally went out and gambled all the money away. And for whatever reason, this conversation can't wait till a week from now. Right. So when I, I ask that question, because are these things that I'm saying for crisis mode, like the tips that we're going to share, or is this for I'm pissed, but it ain't make or break. I think this is the 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 medium to low severity level okay. of conflict. How to argue okay. well in conflict. Okay. Agreed. So this is how to argue well in conflict. And I just wanted to make that clear because yeah. as I was saying some of these things, I'm like, listen, if this was crisis mode, this ain't going to work. You need to go see a therapist if you're in crisis <laughs> mode. Listen, for real. Okay. So number one, <laughs> listen carefully, really listen. Number two, take turns talking. I think this is a practice <laughs> art because I know for me when I'm on a roll and I'm I'm expressing my point please don't jump in there let me finish my thoughts 
Like, and then you might talk, and I might still get a little. I might cut in a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> but that's not healthy. So actually taking turns and allowing people to talk, reclaiming their time, allow everybody to get their time. Number three, don't let things fester. So it, like Sam said earlier, if you are feeling conflict, if you have something that's bothering you, don't let that thing sit till we in crisis mode, right? Mm -hmm. Don't let it sit in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, where you looking at your spouse while they sleeping, sleeping good too, and you just staring at them because you Slice have- Slice and dice. <laughs> Slice. And you listening to Mary J. Blige and- um. And Jasmine Sullivan, because you're you're almost at crisis mode. Okay, <laughs> don't let that thing fester. Let's 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 talk about it. Sam, what's another one? Uh, another one I think could be keep the communication lines open. What does that look like? So that could look like literally like okay, we'll, we'll, let's start here. Um, let's start with what that doesn't mean. Um, if you're dealing with conflict. One of the worst things a couple could do, and this may be, I'm not going to pick on millennials because I am one, but Hello, um, yes. but sometimes we like text stuff. Now that's fact. We got to stop that. That doesn't, that is confusing. It's unclear. I don't care how many emojis, knife symbols, rainbows you put in a conversation. It don't make sense. Um, and it's not a, Effective communication. In fact, it desocializes our conversations. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff and in, in, in information and research on that when it comes to social media. So here's the thing. Rather talk in person, rather have a phone call conversation, video conferencing is a great way to talk to somebody. Right. That's what that means. Keep the communication lines open. That also means your body language. Yeah. Right. You know, you can tell when somebody is cross legs, back um, turn, pimples is raising up on their face because they're <laughs> mad. Um, you're turning red, yellow, green, blue, black, mm -hmm. all the colors that Jesus loves. And so, like, all those things is happening to you. And and you can tell when your body language is closing down. Open body language often means you look open. Yeah. Um. So that's another one. And then there's the other one. Is just open communication lines also means that you're willing to sometimes when you know your partner's angry, sometimes it's okay to approach them in a conflictual moment and to be like, hey, I just want you to know I'm all ears. Yeah. Um. And I want to hear you out because obviously you look or something's wrong. Yeah. And so I want to, even if it's me, I want to hear it. That's that's a way to be open because otherwise you could be defensive and avoid mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah. And I think this one, the next one that we're going to talk about is super important. Like, don't bring up the past. Man. I think that is the biggest mistake that people do in arguments or in moments of conflict is bringing up the past. When you do that, that takes me back. <laughs> To my past. And now you ready to, we ready to tussle at this point. Yep. Because it's like, that's, that's, I feel like that's a low blow. Mm -hmm. It's a low blow. And all of the, the cordialness that, that was happening up until this point, it's probably gone out the window. Can I bring, so let's bring a little bit more, even more clarity to this. When you say bringing up the past, the past, a lot of times when people think about the past from the frame of, what happened before me and you sometimes the past can mean a year ago or five months ago or two weeks ago. 
and something that we did or you did didn't make sense to me. But that's how I think about a moment in the frame of a thing. Mm-hmm. How, how do we deal with that? Is that bringing it to pass or is that bringing someone bringing their Perfect. understanding of an issue? I don't know. I think if it's something that we've discussed and we've like, I forgive you, you forgive me, I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair to bring it up. You know what I'm saying? Now, if we're bringing something up for accountability purposes, like, baby, remember you told me like in this situation that you wouldn't do this. You know what I'm saying? Like you say that you wouldn't do this as a p- form of accountability then maybe, but if it was like, and last week when I asked you to take off the garbage and you didn't, you still doing the same thing. Like that's, yeah. that's bring up the past. You should talk to, we, we talked about that and you know, we clear, why are we bringing that back mm. into the forefront? That's how I see it. I yeah. don't know. So are you saying like in terms of bringing up the past, some of those conversations can be utilized to frame a conversation, but not utilize to manipulate a conversation. Yeah, no, don't manipulate it. But I'm if you told me to hold you accountable, like, babe, you said, you know, that you were working on this and you didn't want me. I tell you when I felt disrespected, I'm telling you now uh-huh. that I feel disrespected. That's a frame. That's a frame. Yeah. Instead of like, here you go, disrespecting me again, just like you did last week when we was, um, Blah, blah, blah. You, I, you doing the same thing. You ain't learned. And that's an attempt to to manipulate, manipulate. and or control. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good example because I think that in, in just how you did that, even in your tonality, yeah. your tone, um, or, or the uh, example of that, I think sometimes as married couples, we can get in the space of, because we want a conversation to go a certain way. We want mm-hmm. something out of it, mm-hmm. especially if we bring it up. Yeah. Or not bring it up. But like in those spaces, it's important that if you're trying to frame something, you're thinking about it already from the position of like, what have we learned from this or what have I learned from this? And I hope to bring an understanding or a context to it that we both have a a, 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 a resolution from Yeah, that says, OK, hey, we have a point of reference to this. Yep. It's like building a house. Yeah. So if you're going to bring up the past, you're bringing it from a house you built mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, a, a conversation that you're trying to control or manipulate. Yep. That's and, good. And I think that brings us to the next point of put yourself in your partner's shoes. Like, how would you feel if the tables were turned and they were bringing up the past about you? Empathy. Empathy. Let's have some empathy here because I feel like sometimes in an argument, we could be real. We're not thinking about nobody but how we feel in that moment. And your spouse could be like, that's not even what I meant. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you did. Cause you, but like take a beat and be like, maybe he didn't because we always leave with the reference. My partner, if you're in a good relationship, my par- a healthy relationship, uh-huh. I always have to preference that. Yep. My partner is not out to hurt me or to harm me. This is my teammate. This is my partner. So if you're taking a beat in the middle of your conflict to be like, okay, let me, is this like Sam? You know, like what is his, why, why would he do this? Is, Is his mind someplace else? Was he stressed this week? You know, is there something that he's lacking somewhere? Like take a beat to be like, why is my partner acting this way? Especially if it's something that's out of their character. So taking the opportunity or the moment to put yourself in your partner's shoes, I think can bring some, like you said, empathy, some calm, some resolve to an argument without just going in with your selfish 
lenses. Yep. Because the difference in that, because some people can think of, they might have the other side of this to this. When some people think of putting themselves in their partner's shoes, what they do is they add, they, they put their assumption of their partner's voice, beliefs, and behaviors in a frame of saying, well, I put myself in their shoes. This is how they act, they think, and they do things. Yeah. And that's not what that means because often cases it's viewed from a space of negativity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so if we ask you to do that, it's not to assume the voice of your, your spouse or your partner and the frame that you see it because often cases how you see it is already slighted. Mm-hmm. It's really saying, no, let me, let me lessen what I think and believe. And just for a second, take a little bit of a meander, a travel towards not a meander uh, meander, you know and a travel towards what this could mean for them because they're right uh they're not out to hurt and harm me maybe they're just attempting to understand what this Mm -hmm. particular process or procedure or thing means Mm -hmm. to them yeah yeah and i think it it all boils down to empathy yeah I, i just think sometimes we have to take ourselves out of it. Yep, it is. It's taking yourself and your assumptions and your and your uh, personal vendettas. Yep, all of it. All of it, and and just really think on it as a team. It's, and it's hard. It's easier said than done. <laughs> mm. Trust me. Trust. It's practice with this. Um, I think the next step, and this is where me and Sam <laughs> was talking, because the next. One that I saw because we do research when we do topics, but it's like our personal ideas as well as research. So I I put this one in here because it said to schedule time for conflict. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, I'm like, who, who, who was scheduling time for conflict, like what does that? Because for me, in my mind, conflict arises in the moment, right? Like yeah. something happened, and it's a conflict. I don't want to wait till Thursday night to talk about something that went wrong on Monday morning, and because to me that's letting it fester. But Sam, you said something that you know was good about how that works. Because I'm just like, I, I don't, I feel like that's letting it fester. Yeah. But often cases in a relationship, you have two people with two different personalities, two different sides of thinking. Right. Right. And so in that frame, you often have one person that is ready to go address something, take care of the business. Let's get this resolved. And you have the other person who's often the you know person that likes to think on it, dwell on it, process it, you know, all the things before they feel like they have a resolution of something they can talk to and talk about in terms of the conflict. And so when you have those two personalities measured, you know, in a time of scheduling the conflict, you would think it's going to be more beneficial for the person who has more time to think, but actually it's also been also beneficial for the person who, who, who in some way, shape or form has felt like they've already thought about it enough to address it because it gives them time to, um, process their own emotionality in it yeah. um, and process their thoughts about it. Um, where if they feel like they've even done that right then and there, you take the, you can't necessarily take the emotion out the conversation, but you can lessen the emotional impact, mm-hmm. which then allows you to add more of a, 
uh, conscious or uh, more of a, a cognitive thought process to addressing the matter of a hand instead of just giving both aspects. Now, here's the thing is what I'll say about this. I want to get to get too clinical with this. I think the frame is that in any conflict, you want to bring your whole self to it because it's your whole self that's being impacted by whatever the issue is. Mm -hmm. But calendaring the conversation allows you to take the time necessary to, you know, get to a space where you can bring your whole authentic self in a, in a way that doesn't cause hurt or harm especially when you're already ready to, to just jump on because you have feel like you have the resolution for whatever the issue is. Right. Uh, go ahead. So do you think there's a time frame for this? I do. Because and this, and, I'm just like, I, I feel like anything past 24 hours I, is too I, long. I absolutely do. And this is where agreement, we talked about agreement. Yeah. This is where this comes in. Yes. There's times where I say this about it. So like when you are going to calendar a conversation, right? Calendar conflict, there's a space where you and your spouse have to agree on what that is. If you, if you, for example, got something going on on Monday, as we were talking about before we got on the podcast and your calendar time is Friday, that Friday has a fixed time. It's not fixed. Maybe that is something that you and your partner agree. Like, listen, I got something on my heart and we need to talk about this on Wednesday or Tuesday. I'm still giving us time to think I'm still giving us time to process. I already feel this way about it, but guess what? I want to, I want to um, allow ourselves to utilize our thought process and framework that we have in place to still get this conversation done and dealt with. Yeah. And I think this is something that should be discussed before you're in conflict, right? Exactly. So maybe we have an agreement like babe, whenever we're in conflict and we need to discuss it, Let's give ourselves 24 hours from that day, right? So that's just our agreement if both parties don't feel comfortable. Because you never know. Both parties may feel comfortable at the moment to be like, let's let's just take this shit out. But if one party is not, you're giving, you're going to give, then we have an agreed time that when there's conflicts and we're both not ready to talk, we both have to discuss it and close it out in 24 hours. Or whatever time you or agree. whatever time we agree, yeah. Because in my mind, looking at this, I'm like, I feel like that can get a little dangerous it if can. you're just going with the flow. Like, I don't because one, like you said, one person is ready to discuss it, get it closed, but then one person who don't like conflict is just like, I don't know, I, I'm not ready to talk about it, and keep pushing it off, and keep pushing it off, and, and keep pushing it off. And in that, that is a space where you know, from an initial, like if we were just sitting down with a couple. And we were having a conversation initially and we're like, y'all should probably, if, if this is something that's been festering for weeks, you need to have a weekly date night. And then you have need to have a weekly conflictual night or daytime or lunch where you can be like, hey, we know at X some time we need to just figure out and have this conversation because we've been carrying stuff for weeks. Yeah. Right. That's just an initial treatment type of thing mm-hmm. we would give a couple. Mm-hmm. But in that same standpoint, if this is a couple that does that. Right. Maybe that next step is, okay. they counted the conflict. Mm -hmm. Well, the next step we would say is, hey, if this is something that's continually going on week after week, you know, you do your time, but you need less time to think about it and maybe insert a 24 or 48 hour rule Mm -hmm. or something and still have your times when you need to. And then maybe when you need to when you have some conflict times, you're like, oh, we good. We about to go on a date. Right. Great. Right. So that that was that. And then the last one, which I thought was so profound is to learn what apologizing or how to effectively apologize 
to your partner? What does that look like? And talking to Sam about this, I was just like, that's not questions that I know a lot of couples ask each other. Like, what does apologizing effectively look like to you? Mm. Is it just, I'm sorry? Is it admitting the wrong? Is it not saying I'm sorry at all? Just change behavior? Like, what does that look like? We talk about the love language. It's like, what does it look like to love you? And how can I love you better? But the next question is, how do you know that I'm actually apologizing? How do you accept my apology? How can I show you that I'm sorry? Right. Use the personal story that we talked about. I'm okay. (laughs) So there is, so Sam has this bad habit that I, it, it, it's just, I don't like it. And every time he does this bad habit, he's like, babe, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And after like the 1.3 millionth time of him doing this bad habit, I'm just like, no, you're not not sorry. sorry. So don't even say you're sorry. Just (laughs) do the bad habit. Keep it, acknowledge it, (laughs) keep it pushing, but don't say I'm sorry because you're not, you're going to keep doing it again. So apologizing to me is like, Jesus, turn away. (laughs) Don't do it no more. 180. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it no more. But that's what apologizing looks to me. Like, actually, I see you working toward the behavior of not doing this Hmm. again. What about for you? <sighs> that's a great question i don't i don't know in terms of us you know and I'm, I'm okay saying this i don't know that i know what uh what i want from you in an apology but you go ahead you tell me what i what i want i'm not gonna tell you what you want because i don't i'm not that but i really do i find that me acknowledging my wrong uh-huh. is big for now you. That is true. Because I, will, I often that's don't. That's the answer, actually. That is the <laughs> T-H-E-E, King James Version <laughs> answer. That's true. Because in my infinite wisdom, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can admit, I have a hard time saying when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And so Sam's favorite quote is like, so you just can't say you was wrong, huh? <laughs> Just, just, you actually, you actually know, observe that, huh? Yeah. I ain't think you observe. I'm like, my wife ain't gonna ever get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we about to have a conflict. <laughs> now we're about to practice these steps. Cause now, but yes, I hear you. Um, and so I think for you, it is probably acknowledging the wrong. That's good. That's probably, yeah. It's, hey, the price is right. <laughs> <laughs> what do I win? <laughs> anywho last week's episode was (laughs) but yes so you guys this was actually some tips so hopefully um you guys took something away from that and i want to end with this it says researchers found that expressing anger to a romantic partner caused the short-term discomfort of anger but also inside an honest conversation that benefit the relationship in the long run. So good. So basically in a nutshell, there is some, some tension, right? Um, tension doesn't always have to be bad. Tension can bring what tension happens when you make a diamond or tension happens when pearls are created. So not all tension is bad. We yep. just have to know how to navigate it. And how to make sure that our partner, our spouse knows once again that I'm not out to hurt you. 
I'm not out to harm you. And these steps can help you with that. So, so hopefully good. y'all got something good up out of this. Okay. So good. All right. Let's pray. Okay. <laughs> our Father, we just thank you for uh, all of our couples who have listened to this, are figuring out what that means for them to argue well. They've taken away some of the tips, tricks, and tools, and maybe they're having their own conversations about what works and what doesn't work. And so in that space, God, I just thank you that you would enter all of their conversations, whether they believe in you or don't. And in that space, God, I just thank you that you would help them navigate the essence and the velocity of their relationship and that you would help them come together in agreement on what should work for their marriage. And we thank you for it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, we are on the countdown to the end of this season. You heard us at the beginning. We have two episodes left, so make sure y'all stick and stay. And remember, we love y'all over here at the Business of Marriage. And until next time, peace.